Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. Glad you're here. And of course, a welcome to those of you listening on our podcast. I'm going to start with a quote from Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind. He has this to say about our thinking. He says, we must learn that the mind can, if we desire, be controlled so that we can gradually come into the habitual state of thinking the way that we choose to think. You know, every Sunday, or pretty much every Sunday, Nancy says you can change your entire life simply by changing your mind. But have you noticed that that's kind of (laughs) hard? I know once a year we make a big deal of it and we call it New Year's resolutions. And oh my, how we're going to change our lives. And, And of course, how successful are New Year's resolutions? On a national basis, 6%, only 6% of us keep our resolutions. Only 6%. So what is the trick to making changes in our thinking, to making changes in our lives that really will hang around for a while? Well, we've been using Stephen Geis's book called Mini Habits. And whether it's habits out in the physical world that you do or, or habits of thinking, the nice thing about this book is it's very how-to. It specifically gives us a plan by which fairly easily we can indeed change our thinking and build new positive habits. And, uh, and for those of you out there who actually take notes, you don't have to today. I put them in your programs. <laughs> so you'll notice a little take-home eight-point guide to creating your own mini habits. And I want to work through it a little bit today to perhaps answer some questions you might have. But you can only imagine what the homework's like at the end of today's little talk. <laughs> Um, so uh, I will tell you, though, the answer to your homework is, uh, is in that little guide. So last week we talked about the idea of motivation versus willpower, and what we learned is we actually need to have both. A lot of people are on the motivation bandwagon, right? We sell ourselves on the idea of what, how beautiful our life would be when, like when I lose the 70 pounds, or when I'm really exercising every day, or when I, I treat myself better, or when I stop this bad habit. That's the motivational thing, is we, we see ourselves in that new way, having those marvelous new habits, but the trouble is we tend to lack the willpower to actually bring them about. When we think of ourselves as, uh, as being trim and fit and a vision of us fitting in clothes and being more active, it's like on the way to the re- refrigerator, we, we picture ourselves that way, if you know what I mean. Often, often it's difficult for us to have the willpower. Well, the answer is, of course, is that our vision is too big that we need to actually implement that vision. We need to to have certainly that idea of how we want our lives. But when we go about it, truly bite-sized little changes in our thinking and in our lives, things that our willpower can easily handle. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're actually going to put together plans for creating some of these mini habits. Well, the first one is, How do I bite-size it? How do I figure out what is a legitimate habit? I mean, if my long-term goal is to exercise at least five days a week for half an hour, I know that that's too big. You know, it's like just the thought of it makes me want to go back to bed. (laughs) 
So, so we already know. Well, in fact, how do you know that, that uh, your plan is too big? If you feel any resistance to it whatsoever, it's too big. <laughs> Some of you came up last week and said, well, how do I know what a mini habit is? How mini is mini? And I said, well, if you have any resistance to do it, it's too big. And so someone had, it was a little daunting. We were talking about exercise. And, uh, and she said, well, so you're saying I should make sure I go to the gym one day a week. And I went, no, that's still too big. Can you, f- just in hearing her voice, I heard the resistance, right? So I said, no, that's way too big. Let's, let's just think about the gym for later. What we want to do is build an exercise program. Well, we'll put the gym off for now. What is something that you could do every day? She said, oh, so, so you mean it, it wouldn't matter where I did it, right? I'm like, exactly. Because that's part of the resistance, getting in the car, getting dressed, getting the gym bag ready, all of that kind of stuff. Let's, that'll be later. You know, what's a bite-sized version of this? And she said, well, um, so half an hour at home. And I went, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Can't you still feel the resistance to that? Where am I going to put a half hour into my already busy life? And she said, well, where do I start? And I said, what about one push-up? What about one sit-up? What about, she, she happened to be someone into yoga. I said, what about just putting the mat out? And, and, I could, and I could see this look, right? Like, how am I ever going to get here from there? <laughs> but, but honestly, the idea of mini habits is something that without resistance, you can and will do faithfully every single day. Now, you may not be able to do a full yoga routine every day. I get that. You could go on vacation. You might have a morning appointment. There might be any number of reasons. But we need something that to build a habit, I can do it absolutely every day. And what I know is there's always enough time to at least roll the mat out. (laughs) That is a good bite-sized mini habit. So let's say you want to get back in the habit of reading again. Don't stack your bedside table with 40 books. Your mini habit would just be, I'm going to read two pages a day. Let's say you want to get back in the habit of making sure you're properly hydrated during the summer months. You know, a lot of doctors recommend is that 48 or 56 ounces of, of water every day or something like that. It's like, I'm not going to do that. I can't figure that out. But what I can do is every day at 1 o'clock, I've set a timer on my phone, and I'll just get a glass of water. Every single day at 1 o'clock, my phone has a little alarm. It'll ring, and I'll get a glass of water. Now, is that my end goal? No. But do you see how it's getting me in the direction, how it can be a habit that I fit? I mean, there'll always be time to do that. I might not have time to measure out how much I've done so far and all those things, but, but a mini habit is based more on something absolutely you can do every single day till it becomes a habit. Another one uh, might be around practice. Many of us are budding uh, musicians or learning a language or something else where some amount of practice is, uh, is appropriate. Five minutes is a great mini habit. 
In fact, that's one of the ones I've adopted, and uh, it's just doing five minutes of guitar practice every day. Now, you might say, well, is that it? Won't sometimes you want to do more? Absolutely. That's the extra credit, and we'll talk about uh, the idea of extra credit and rewards in a moment. But first, you've got to pick something that you want to work on and get it down to its barest minimum, something that without any particular mental anguish or trouble or resistance, you can feel fine about doing every single day. Okay, the next thing, though, that you want to do, you do want to build in um, some of your motivation power. So you've picked your mini habit, but you still want to be picturing that end goal. And so you ask yourself, why? Why am I doing this? You do need some motivation. Why am I going to practice the piano every day for five minutes? Why am I going to write down, I mean, my goal maybe is to be a novelist. Why am I going to write a single page every single day. So you have to picture yourself, that big picture, you ask why. What's the goal here? Why do I want to be motivated to do this? So even as we're building in the habit part of it small, we're still keeping that picture of what our end goal is in our mind as part of our motivation for moving forward. Now the next piece of it is probably the most important, and that's developing the cues. They call it cues in the book for doing it. But you also might think of it as the trigger or, or when, how you are going to work this into your life. Because, of course, there's no plan, really, unless you have the when to go with the what. And what they recommend in the book and has worked so well for me personally is tying it to something that's already a habitual pattern. Now, whether you believe it or not, you all have probably hundreds of habitual patterns that are simply triggered by something. In fact, I noticed one uh, going home on the, the freeway last night. I'm, I'm so used to taking a certain exit that it's just automatic. And of course, with our highway construction, my exit was closed and suddenly like I'm halfway to Lake Oswego before I sort of wake up and how do, how do I get back? Well, that is one of the habitual patterns we have. We don't really have to think about how to get home from work or, or how to get somewhere. It's just built into our brain. We're still good drivers. We're still doing what we need to do, but we don't physically have to think, well, now it's two exits down and whatever, right? We're just used to doing it. And that's why when something is a little different, it can kind of freak us out. But if we tie into those habitual patterns, they're great triggers for adding on a new habit. So, for instance, for me, something I do every single morning, even if I'm on vacation, uh, even if I'm uh, 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 maybe somewhere else uh, or, or have other activities going on, I make a cup of coffee every single morning. It's just something I enjoy, something I do for myself. And so on my coffee pot is a little tiny sticky that's reminding, it just says guitar. <laughs> and it's my reminder of my new mini habit. I'm going to practice my guitar just for five minutes. That's my trigger. I have coffee every morning. I don't have to think about that part of it. And then when I look down to turn the machine on, guitar. So while the coffee's brewing, it takes five minutes for my, I probably have some old-fashioned coffee pot, because it actually takes about five minutes to make the coffee, I have my guitar out. Guess what? About two-thirds of the time, I do more than five minutes. See, this is one of the 
tricky, tricky, wonderful things about mini habits is you've set the bar so low that you're going to be successful all of the time and you're going to get extra credit most of the time. And our egos love that. <laughs> so we're building in some more positive reinforcement by setting the bar low because the bar isn't really to accomplish that end goal. The bar is just to have a new habit to be able to say, I practice the piano every day. I exercise every day. Do you see how this is going to work? Okay, next piece of it is simply to create a reward plan. Because again, our, our egos, our mind, loves some positive reinforcement. So one way is simply to recognize how often you've exceeded your goal. Four out of five times I practice more than five minutes. Uh, uh, almost every time I do more than one push-up, you know, whatever the goal is, reward yourself by noticing how well you're meeting your goals. But you might even want to have weekly and monthly actual rewards as well. And you can have that be anything that you enjoy doing. Reward yourself as, uh, uh, for, for keeping to your new mini habit. Uh, a word of caution, though, be careful that your reward doesn't undo <laughs> your habit. So for instance, if your mini habit is to uh, exercise for 20 minutes, you probably don't want the reward to be a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> As an example, if your overall goal is fitness, right? So just make sure, again, uh, that your reward system is in alignment with where your final vision is, right? And there's nothing wrong with having a piece of candy or something like that, absolutely. Just make sure that it's, it's fitting in with your overall plan. And of course, in any kind of a diet or exercise program, there will be treats, that's part of life, but make sure it's a treat and not an avalanche. <laughs> Make sense? Okay, so you'll want to develop a, a good reward system for, uh, for like uh, making every week your commitment good or for uh, maybe something special when you've done it for a whole month or three months or something like that. The next one was hard for me, I will admit, and I had to take a gulp and I had to use a little bit of my willpower on the next one, and that is simply to record your results. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to take a notebook with me everywhere or do something extraordinary. But you know what? In the end, it was just as simple as my little note on the coffee uh, pot that says guitar. All I'm doing is just making stroke tallies. Did I do it today or didn't I do it today? I was making it into a big thing in my head when in reality it was as simple as just a piece of paper next to the activity that I was going to do as my mini habit. So no big thing. And uh, at first I started with stroke tallies, but then because I noticed I was succeeding my five-minute goal, I decided to start writing how many minutes I do guitar practice as part of my reward system, if you will. And so that way, at the end of the week, I can go, oh my gosh, I really did a good job with this. It's part of that, not only keeping track, but also a reward system. The number six on this eight-step plan is really more a reminder than anything else, and that is to keep it small. You will be tempted to up your goal you will be tempted to say, well, I did the one push-up every day for three weeks. And in fact, I did more 
than one push-up every day for three weeks. So I'm going to bump up my goal to 20 minutes of exercise. Now, if you're really in tune with yourself, you'll notice the resistance. But many of us aren't that in tune with ourselves. We'll think, well, I was successful at doing the small habit. I'm just going to jump up to the big one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for the gusto. I'm going to quit cold turkey. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're back into that realm where that will probably mean many times during the week you will fail at your new goal. And unless it's something that we can repeat with some success, often it's not apt to become a habit. So remember, easy so that it becomes a habit first, we can always build on it once it's a habit. And if you'll remember from week one, how long does it take to make a new habit? It's dependent upon how difficult the habit is. So if it's small, you're going to have a really good chance at building that into your daily routine without much sweat. But if you make it bigger, it could take months and months and months to develop that as a habit, and you'll be in danger of losing sight of it. Back to the idea of the, uh, the New Year's resolution. If it's too big, you are apt to discontinue it. At some point, your resistance just won't make it. All right, uh, the last two I'm going to do kind of together. Uh, first of all, how do you know when it's actually a habit now? How will you know when I, it's okay to start raising the bar a little bit? The idea would be I'm going to completely have a habit at my five minutes on the piano or I'm going to completely have a habit of exercising every day, just one push-up or more. How do I know when that is a complete habit and it's okay to raise the bar a little bit, to increase it, to maybe start looking at the idea of a gym membership or something like that? Well, first of all, it's not a habit if you have to think about it. And of course, I have a joke to illustrate that. <laughs> so a teacher was giving her class of small children a lesson on manners and good habits. Uh, suppose, Billy, she said, you should step on a lady's foot by accident. What do you do? Well, I say, excuse me, said Billy. Very good. Now suppose the lady, to reward you, gives you a coin. Then what would you do? Well, Billy had to think and think and think. Step on her other foot? <laughs> So that's your clue. If you have to think about it, if you have to think about it, it's not a habit yet. So if, when you make the coffee in the morning, I have to think to myself, oh yeah, I got to get the guitar out, I got to get my music out, it's not a habit yet. When it's a habit, you'll just do it. When it's a habit, it'll represent who you are. You'll start thinking of yourself as a musician or as a writer, you'll start believing, oh, I just exercise. It's part of who I am. And conscious thought is not necessary. So keep with the mini version of the habit until it's automatic, until you really don't have to think about it anymore. And it could take a while. If it's something for which in your life you have typically had a good deal of resistance to, so of course I'm speaking about some of the big ones, 
like like eating appropriately, um, like like really taking care of your body in terms of exercise and things like that. Those those are usually big lifestyle changes. So stick with the mini habit until really you're sure whatever it is you're working on is a habit. You don't want to you don't want to try to bump that up and meet that resistance too soon. Make sense? Okay. Well, I think we're looking at some success here, but uh, I want to do a quick review. See, after, and honestly, if any of you have questions about this afterwards, uh, I'll, I'll be here for the town hall meeting at 1230, and we can get some questions in beforehand, uh, or even during the town hall meeting if you want. So quick summary. Carefully develop your mini habit and this little eight-step plan to go with it. So... First of all, you need to know what you want to change, the mini habit, but then really you need that plan to go with it. Just the idea of what you want is only that inspirational part. You need the plan to follow up. Smaller is better. Do one rep or five minutes, something easy as pie. All I'm committing to is rolling out the yoga map. Matt, that is sufficient. Once I get that down, and probably a little more, uh, every day to where that's just simply a habit, then I'll add to it. Have a reward plan to keep your motivation high. So, so every day we, we think about where our end goal is, uh, but we also have a reward plan just for meeting the tiny little goals. Document your success. And then finally, check for the stickiness. How much of a habit have I got now? Am I still having to think about it every day? Or is it just routine? I make coffee, I practice the piano. I brush my teeth in the mirror, I do some affirmations. And you'll see it applies just as well to some of our spiritual techniques. Many of you are wanting to build up your spiritual practice. Don't start with adding in a half hour of meditation every day if you've never done meditation before, right? Allow yourself to simply be where you are. Don't think you have to go to a special room and light special candles. And I mean, ultimately, you might get there. But if you want to add to part of your spiritual practice and take up meditation, honestly, just say, I can do it wherever I am. It's going to be every day at 10 a.m. or 12 p.m. or you know whatever it is. And it's going to be one minute. Once you build that really into a habit where every day when your, uh, you know, your alarm watch or your smartphone goes off and, and it, at, at 10 a.m. or whatever, you meditate for a minute. Once you don't even need the smart alarm anymore, right? You just, oh, it's 10 a.m., just a sec, <laughs> right? Once it becomes the habit, then start building on it. So, so we can apply it to our spiritual practice. We can apply it uh, to little uh, beneficial things for our health. We can apply it to making new friends. You would be surprised what you can apply the many habits to. So I'm going to close today with a quick quote from uh, uh, Stephen Geis and then also a final thought from Ernest Holmes. So he says, Many habits are more than just a system to teach you how to develop healthy new lifestyles. It's a guide for self-control. Now you know how your brain works, why motivation sometimes fails, and how to manage your willpower to make it last. Use these techniques for any situation in which you want to take action. The better you get at many habits, the more success you'll have in all areas of your life. And finally, from Ernest Holmes, he says, To learn how to think is to learn how to live. 
Our thoughts go into the medium that is infinite in its ability to do and to be for us. By our very thinking, we bring into experience whatsoever we desire, if we think correctly, and if we become a living embodiment of our thoughts. Everything is possible. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, and one goodness. Only this one thing, this one thing that I call God that encompasses everything. It includes all the love, all the wisdom, all the abundance, all of the joy, all of the peace, all of the love. It is this one thing that is everything. And because it is everywhere present, I know that includes me. I know I'm right in the middle of it. I know that God's love is mine to have and experience and give. I know that God's peace is, is for me to, to find in my own life and, uh, and put out for others to enjoy. I know that the love, the peace, the life, the abundance, the joy, the good health, all of it in God is also for me. And as it is true for me, it is true for each person here. Each person here has that ability through new many habits in our own minds of reorienting our whole lives into that which is wholesome and peaceful and loving and joyous. That each person within the hearing of my voice can, can count on this new way of thinking around many habits to make the changes that will make all the difference. And so for this, I give great thanks for this, I, I simply, in my heart, am so grateful. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you were here. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.com. Dot us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.